Hello and welcome to The Book by Book, a podcast about the odd book or two you've read. I'm your host Scott and I'm not alone, Toby's here too. This episode we're talking about Song of Kali by Dan Simmons. It's a fairly light to mid-spoiler level warning, so if that's okay with you, continue on and I'll see you on the other side. Related to the book we're talking about? No, not. I've been holding on to this now. Like I got it a few days before before your holidays, so like two, three weeks now. I thought mm. I could just do a little, um, I don't know, a little tiny review before review on the new Coca-Cola with coffee drink. Ooh, what, what I have this? in my hand is literally a dark blend of Coca-Cola with coffee. Uh, cold, that obviously. is wizardry right there. We don't have that in this country. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't remember where I got it. It might have been. There's a few stores here which extort prices up and get like, for me, candy from the UK, which I can't normally get here. And well, you get you get UK and a lot of a lot of like Japanese candy, you know, yes. like Cheetos with mm-hmm. English English tea flavor or something. <laughs> Let's just give it a go. Remind. Yeah, it's, it's so, like 9.30 in the morning for me. And a, Coke, you, you also have a cup of coffee to go with it, don't you, to wash it down with? So, sort of, yeah. I just realised that's probably over-caffeinated. Yeah, Again, you're going to be like, listening wow. to our... Have you, have you tried it before? No, mm-hmm. he's saying. Well, you get the buzz, the, the fizziness. <laughs> you know what? That's not bad. Really? Does it taste of coffee? It's, it's a smooth blend of the two. Yeah. I'm going to say the Coke takes over the coffee flavour. So it's more yeah. like if, if I didn't know what this was, I would say that's a Coke. What are, is it a nutty Coke? What is that? I wouldn't pick up the coffee. Mm. But this is smoother than a regular Coke. I was expecting to hate this and do a spit take. Hang on. Wow. It's like, it's, so it's like having Coca-Cola in an unwashed coffee cup. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I'm sure uh, if you're listening, guys, we can do help with your marketing. I'm sure yeah. that's how I advertise it. <laughs> uh, it's just surprisingly smooth and it sort of does something to the bubbles. I'm not a Coke fan because purely of that aftertaste stick to your tea. Like I, I, I do right. like a Coke, I can have a Coke, but I need to go rinse my mouth out afterwards because I'm, I'm, I can feel the attack on my, on my teeth. Okay. Um, on some sort of chemical. I'm giving this a thumbs up. Whoa, I was not expecting Whoa. that. If to follow this up, I had my first ever, well, Green Red Bull. Do you know what green is in like the Red green Bull tea? World? No, it is cactus fruit. Oh, flavored Red Bull. Ding in. What's the flavor? Just cactusy. Yeah, Good. I don't know. Never Can you drank. Put your tongue on that flavor. <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, but it was really, really nice. Definitely my favorite Red Bull. I've tried oh, wow. a few now. I've tried like the tropical one, orange one. Oh, um, I, uh, I don't think I've seen any. I don't think it's made yeah. it this far yet. Or I haven't yeah, seen we've got a few over here. We've got watermelon, coconut, berry. But this Coconuts, was cactus Coconuts fruit. Coconut's a weird one. Is coconut good? I, I don't like the sound mm. of it. Like a yeah. fresh coconut on a, on, a, on a beach where they've chopped it off. Super nice. Yeah. Coconut water in a can. Ah, oh, something's weird about this. It's never quite yeah. as refreshing as you think it's going to be. No. Put bubbles no. in there. I don't know. Maybe I'll be wrong. All levels are wrong. Coffee. But yeah, cactus fruit Red Bull. That can go on the, uh, as recommended by the book by book. Thumb, a thumbs up by the Doggy Cafe. Serving now, Doggy Cafe. <laughs> Toby, I have been reading Song of Kali by Dan Ooh. Simmons. 
Okay. Do you know Dan Simmons? I think you're going to say no, but then I'm going to tell you about some stuff which makes you go, oh, yeah, kind of in that case. It rings a little bell. It might have been me texting you saying, have mm. you heard of Song of Carleen? I'm reading this down. <laughs> One of his hit books is called The Terror, a fictional account on a historical event about a sort of Mary Celeste ship that sailed north into some sort of Icelandic tundra and sort of disappeared or came back empty it was like an amc hit show mm, just think, yeah i thought I, I thought i'd heard about it yes mm-hmm. uh because it was sort of like uh some of the makers of the walking uh, uh well the walking dead because amc but game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. it was like hyped as like this new good thing and it's been on my book list for years i didn't watch it and also i thought well if it's anything like game of thrones i've got like 10 years and 10 seasons to do so turns out it's just a mini series where they sum up the yes. entire book in one but i have still got the book somewhere and it seems like a great winter read right okay yeah he's also written uh like now like sci-fi fantasy staple uh hyperon and fall of hyperon i have heard of hyperon yes like, i think they're like a play on like the canterbury tales mm-hmm. i think so it's sort of written in these Cantossi sort of type things, and it's like sort of like a, I think you know what I should just stop speculating because I might be completely wrong. <laughs> uh, but he's done it before, I believe. There's these books called like Olympius or something where he's taken like Greek Greek myths, yeah, and he's bung them on like sci-fi planets with late like gods oh, and nice. laser guns. Uh, this is none of those. Um, <laughs> if you Google this. I'm pretty sure one of the first things I've come up with is this is this xenophobic, is this racist? There's quite a big debate. This is his first ever novel written. Right. And it's written in the 80s, 85, published in 85, okay. published in 85. And I think something to note is that in his youth, Dan Simmons did go to India and Calcutta, which would, I imagine, would have been because of what like. I don't know how long it takes to write a first book. So I'm going to just speculate here. It was the late 70s. That's important because this book mm. is set in Calcutta. And the reason I'm saying, if you Google it, is, is this book xenophobic? Because it's really easy to see why people would say that, no matter what side yeah. you fall down. And no, I don't think so. The people who say it definitely is, you can't really argue them. Yeah. yeah let me enough. read you the first page. It's, it's a horror. Sorry, let me. Oh, okay, cool. Book. It's Dan Simmons' first book. It's Song of Carly. It won some awards. I don't know about the Bram Stoker Award, but it definitely won some kind of awards. Um, and it's more, it's like a gothic horror. Okay. No one else is using the word gothic. So no. 30, 40 years later, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there. But I'm sure, <laughs> oh, what am I talking about? It's just not written anywhere. It just says like, you know, hard horror. And it, and it is, yeah. it's definitely a horror. I feel like it's been a while since we reviewed a horror on this channel, considering we read Stephen King a lot. Yeah, we, we do a lot of King, but we don't do a lot of horror. I think that's just no, a staying along his maturity as mm-hmm. a, I don't know, I want to refer to him as elderly, but as the most mature he's ever Seasoned. been. Yeah, he'll dip into Supernatural. Let's, let's not talk about King. King's coming up, don't worry. <laughs> Let me read to you the first sort of page. Hmm. Some places are too evil to be allowed to exist. Some cities are too wicked to be suffered. Calcutta is such a place. (laughs) Before Calcutta, I would have laughed at such an idea. Before Calcutta, I did not believe in evil. Right, this is off the bat. It's it's like he's not happy with Calcutta. No, he's, he's, Uh, he's, yeah. That's a slight if ever I've heard one. mm -hmm. Let me me get like a brisk review of the plot. I'm not, 
there's so much fun stuff and the sort of sum up at the end is great but i don't know if i want to go spoil it heavy i don't know if it's something you would ever want to read or we just have well, it's a horror i'm always a down for reading a horror all right then uh i will kind of keep it spoiler free it is a quick read i did sort of pound through this it's not too long mm, just under 300 pages okay and it, it, it does mostly move brisk when it moves um so this british guy and his name is Robert Luzak. Mm-hmm. Luxak. I think I talked about this with Elantris. Do you ever read a name, but it's like, that's a funny word. So I'll make up how to say yeah. it in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you're just like, uh, blah, 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 Luzi, Luzi. But actually somewhere deep inside, you know it's not. You're just making it easier for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is one Completely. of those. That's my little sort of Jerry Fine gyro. I think the, um, the History of Tractors in Ukraine, mm. that one. And then she did a sequel called The Caravans or a sequel to another book. And that had names in it that were unpronounceable in my head. So I just went blah, 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 blah. You just give them nicknames, which is probably yeah. what we'll do. The amount of times we say the guy, the, 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 mm-hmm. hat, the hat guy, the gun guy, the bad guy, you know. <laughs> I just call him Robert. We'll skip, skip out those names. It's like a, he works for like, I don't know, Harper's Magazine. And he's like a specialist in Indian poetry. And when a poet seemingly rocks up in India, who's supposedly been missing, stroke presumed dead for 10 years, called uh, M. M. Daz, it's like, yo, we have to jump on this. Like a poet, you know, he's just come, he's come back from the dead or where's he been? Mm. supposedly there all the reports are sort of spurious and like not mystical but like we can't there's no first-hand account of a man saying i have seen him it's a report of report of a report and he's putting new stuff out there uh you're not our first choice but everyone else just says no no one wants to go to Calcutta. and the book is set in the 70s historically there is like reports of Calcutta being very uh chaotic and catastrophic at this stage despite the, mm-hmm. the British rule I think it's um, one of those cities that sort of blew up in population without right. infrastructure Yeah. so he goes, he has an Indian wife who grew up I don't think it's Calcutta but it's, it's India, no it's not Calcutta because she doesn't speak I believe Bengali the language of right. Calcutta Okay. Um, I was going to bring this up after, but I can just do it now and break it through to break up my storytelling in case I do go on for flipping ages and beat by beat of the storytelling. <laughs> uh, I've been to Bangalore. I've been to India around the 2010s. Right. Um, I was not in Calcutta. I was in Bangalore, which is, I think they call the tech city. Mm-hmm. I was there for work. They put me up in a nice sort of fancy yes, hotel. I remember this. Probably more expensive than I could have afforded. I was there for like a month. Maybe I went again a few months later for another month it's a while ago now it is a crazy country stroke city Mm. i literally came out of like hey what did you think i'm like it's a love-hate relationship there's some stuff about it which are just crazy and hard to sort of accept and take in Mm. you know you you are going to go for a drive and you are going to see like extremely poor people like like dirt poverty like sleeping in the gutter just washing in like sort of like pale water found on the side of the street and like hard begging but the people there are also super nice and friendly it's like i said it's super love hate it's it's Mm. a crazy vibrant place i got to take a bit of time off there so i did take a weekend in like goa and um, some some nearby cities if you if you're not a fan of bustling streets you're going to find it hard there 
I guess yeah. what I'm getting at is that this was 2010 in Bangalore, the tech city, I believe they call it. So I can't imagine Calcutta in the 70s. Mm. So it's, it's going to be a hard one for me when it's like, yo, this book is xenophobic because none of the locals really come out good. Okay. And we meet a whole bunch. And it is even the ones that start off good are like, oh, they, they didn't turn out so good. <laughs> In fact, arguably the nicest ones turn out to be the worst ones. Every sort oh, of crikey. police politician we kind of crumble into is, is sort of hinting at that sort of, um, you know, blase to the pain of the people and was probably corrupt. Mm. But to, uh, and the law reviews just say, what happened to him? What happened to him in Calcutta to make him hate us so much? Like I said, when the opening line is, "Yeah, I don't believe Go in us. like nuclear bombs," but we should nuke Calcutta. <laughs> so, wow. what he also has is like a seven-month-old baby, and he's not sure about taking his wife. But the people are like, "Yo, she's going to translate for you." You know, everything is paid for. We're putting you up in a hotel. She can she can sort of go by, you know, you can she can take a drop into her family, which is again isn't Calcutta, I forget where. You know, make a trip out of it. Basically, pick up the poems, investigate. If you can meet him, meet him. If not, you've, you've got a story to write anyway, because you know, there's just gotta be something there. We're a, we're a poetry magazine, you're an Indian yeah. poetry specialist. Now's your time to shine. Come on, how often does this happen? Uh it's a horror and he has a seven month old baby. You never get, you never get good vibes from that. But you're sort of like, okay, I don't know much about Dan Simmons, but like Stephen King, it's like, how, how raw was he willing to go in his youth compared yes. to now? How dark can he go? We've done a Cujo review. We all know about Salem's Lot, for example. Mm -hmm. So we know what he can do. Doesn't mean he always will, but you're always keeping that in mind in the story. Like, Oh, he could he could flip this and have a dark ending because yeah. he's not unprone to do it. Revival. So they rock up. I guess we start getting instances of like he he tips like a baggage handler, a baggage handler, like, I don't know, 20 rupees. Mm -hmm. And the, the per he's sort of giving it to like, I don't know, like someone more official to give to the baggage handlers, I think. And I know this is too much. Just give them five because it's that it's that thing of like what you've given them there is like 200 pounds. Hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I think of like you're going to rock their world, and even with the five people start storming the bus. People, yeah. Like all the poor people, as it were, who are sort of crowding the bus. All the other porters just start climbing the bus, and there's like a guy with like a burnt face, and he's he's got no tongue, like pressing his face up against the glass before they have a. Oh gosh. And it's just a little hint of like you know hey, this the city can be chaotic. Hmm. Get to grips with it. I guess something to state is that this story is written from first person of Robert after the complete events. This is him. Retrospect. Uh-huh. Which is an argument to why he wants, like, why he's very angry at Calcutta and why he hates it. Because he's been through a horror story and it is mm. horrific. Uh, that is one argument to make about it's just a horror for a guy mm -hmm. who hates a place. What what type of horror is it? Is it a supernatural horror? Is it a... Well, Toby. A body horror? Is it... But I'm going to get to that. It's to yeah. be discussed. Okay. So they rock up in the hotel. They meet some types, some shady but helpful types. Like he gets a sort of, hey, um, I'm sent here by a friend. I'm just going to be like your go-to guy, your guide for the city. And he's quite... You picture him like, you know, the sunglasses and the sort of white, white suit-ish. 
Uh, that's not a, that's not a visual description of him that's in the book. That's just that you know, like sort of like yeah. smarmish. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, he, yeah. like you know, they, they're gonna need someone who knows under the counter ways to get through some of the adventures, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, we're polite to him, but I don't like or trust him that he's gonna get the job done. There's a woman who's like, I'm the niece of the supposed missing dead poet. Is it true? Like, well, fuck, we would ask you. We're gonna ask you. Uh, and she kind of becomes friends with the wife. The wife gets weirdly not sidelined, but throughout the book, he just, despite the fact he dragged her out there to like be the translator. As I said, she doesn't speak Bengali. Here's what blew my mind in my time out in India in, in the 2010s. It's not a unified language in the whole of India. I did not know right, that. Okay, people yeah. from the south are not necessarily able to talk to people in the north. Everyone was wow. speaking English when I was in the office because that's kind of the common language that they okay. all, all know. That kind of blew my mind. Mm. I've met some Northerners who are so Northern I couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah. But when like they Wales, slowed down it? a bit. <laughs> yeah, right. That was just a crazy fact. I think maybe a lot of people do know that. But anyway, no. so instantly it's like you can't meet him. Like, oh, why not? It's like, uh, <laughs> He doesn't want to be met we we represent his people he's not going to meet you that's that so he's like uh okay i'm, I'm just give me the poems i'm going to literally go home tomorrow we're going to get out of here he's, he's sort of a bit soured by that incident on the bus still yeah. i think he's just i guess he's getting the heebie-jeebs i think yeah well he's been no surrounded real reason. By, yeah by the sounds of it he's surrounded by a, a place that's not particularly welcoming yeah, I'm with gonna, people okay, that are I'm kind not, of out for themselves, but mm, it's just not his world, mm-hmm. and it's not a calm world. I'm going to make an argument here. I'm not necessarily saying this book isn't or is xenophobic. I would probably have arguments for both. Again, the ones that say it is are quite damning, and it's like, well, yeah, mm. that is that is you know, why'd you do that? But I feel like he sort of created a sort of Kipling character. Like this guy is very British. And I feel like his vision of India was in like the colonialism world of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you ever read about Kipling and stuff, it's like his, uh, or his descriptions of the Indian jungle, they are just, he's like a lord. Right. And he was, are you, I, he's definitely one of those people who took like an entourage of like servants and manservants and was drinking like high tea with scones in, yes. the, in the flipping Indian jungle. You know what I mean? Like they took mm-hmm. their uh, British decadence with them. And they were rich and lordly enough to be able to afford man servants and porters. And I mm-hmm. kind of get the feeling that this guy is not that kind of like he's not a lord and he's not rich, but he just has this obscure view of it, which doesn't really yeah. mesh with the fact he's an expert in Indian poetry and should be, be so oblivious to it. Can I just ask where these poems have come to fruition, these new ones that have well, That's up. what he's there to find out. So they're how just, does it how they just been, talk. where they be, it's just, just talk. talk of uh-huh. they've got emails of I heard about this guy who knows someone who met the poet but there's this poetry you have to read it I don't have a copy but there's a there's a new Dazen poetry maybe it's an old one but that's what you have to come and find out okay because yeah I, I, cause the idea of where well, you say emails but it wouldn't be emails it would be no right a, correspondence a, a letter mm-hmm. correspondence yeah mm-hmm. so he's basically been told or his editor told him to go out rumor. there yeah, it's okay. a bit more than a rumor because they have a contact 
but I, I guess like you say it's all letters written and it's all like i guess but there's no there's no well. tangible proof that this is fact at the no, moment that's kind of not been sent a poem that's uh -uh. been never been read before or anything like that no. okay that's that's very leap of faithy isn't it mm -hmm. there's a scene where to get the poem he is told to take a bag of 50 cent coins or 50 like a small mm -hmm. uh denominator of coin like a like a sack go yeah. to the train station and give it out uh, to people uh-huh and given how the his first encounter was he's not he's like what, what for he's like you know this is this is just this is what they we don't really know who the nefarious they are at the moment so i guess we say this is what does boot want and his people want from you mm -hmm. sort of like earn it so he goes to the station this bag of coins uh, much like at the beginning, like people, the poor, as it were, cotton on to like free money that he's given away and he's got a bag full. He sort of barely escapes with his life. He gets that yeah, it's just it's like, you know, flooded by zombies. That horror, yeah, that horror thing of just hands pouring it even your face to get at it. He sort of has to just throw the coins and scatter them everywhere and run in the other direction. And he's like, what the, what the F you tosses, you know? Uh, mm. He's not happy. He worried he wasn't happy. Now he's less happy. But he does get like a bag with some poems. He's like, I am out of here. Like he is refusing to see me. I'm off. I've got the poem. I'm, I'm, let's get the flight home tonight. It turns out there's no reason for his wife to come because of the language thing. The daughter's actually quite fine. She's quite a happy little daughter. Ooh, it worries me. You know, well, yeah, the TV. <laughs> so he goes home to the hotel. You know, all in the meantime, there's like power outlets. He's like, certain officials are sort of meeting them because it's like, oh, you're writing a, an article for like Harper's Magazine. This is where we get like some character from the wife. She tells like a bit of a ghost story from her youth. And he's like, well, this is odd. Like you're the most straight headed person I've ever met. Mm. And he doesn't really dig into her or tease. Actually, you know what? He kind of does. He's kind of an ass, Robert. <laughs> Gentle ridding. Uh, so there's one of like when they sort of sit down with I think like just a big businessman going politician type guy it's like what are your thoughts on Calcutta so the wife gives her sort of story as like I was I am Indian but I'm now Americanized I went there quite young so yeah. she has her own unique twist of what's good and what's bad about India mm -hmm. stroke Calcutta Robert gives his damning report on Calcutta and then this guy is like you know, I guess he's the one who's trying to be, this is where I would say, like, he's trying to put some kind of voice and reason. Just because it's a damning report of Calcutta, there's kind of a reason why, and it's, it's a young city on the scale of things. So this guy sort of reads a passage, and it's like, the streets are disgusting, and wading in filth, people are pissing out the window, like, it's it gross, gross, gross. And he's like, what do you think of this? And Robert's like, yeah, I, I agree. He's like, this is, a, this is a poem about London, like, I don't know, in the, in the sort of, 50s maybe like this is an old poem about London yeah yeah we just haven't with. had the advantages you guys have had we're getting better we're building there I think mm -hmm. um, in a bit of a hole like an internet hole I was sort of like I don't know much about Kali and the, the goddess of question title of this and what was Calcutta like and suddenly I was interested like like oh my god what was Calcutta like in the 70s because this this is you know as fun as a book as it might be you don't get the feeling you're getting authentic authentic mm. Calcutta it was like, it's hugely over, it was that, I think this article was saying it was sort of known in our circles as the black hole. And it was at a state where it has to get better because it's at the worst it could ever be. 
we were talking about this when we did um, Norwegian Wood. We were mm. saying, like, you know, we know America has its own 60s language. I've, I've never really thought about, like, another country in the 60s. Did they go, when they had their revolution, what changed in the times? And the same with this book. It's like, I, you know what? I've never thought about Africa in the 40s. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. so there's a bit of, I don't know, it's not a bit of a balance because this guy is really that likable a guy. Yeah, but there's, I thought there's some though. attempt to say, you know, it's not, it's not always going to be this way. Yeah, I don't know. A bit, of, I guess, a bit of a debate. He goes home. He's like, "Let's get the f out of here." I'm booking these flights, and the guy who I said who was just like his shady guide, Krishna, I think it was, just like, "Yo, you have to come with me now." He's like, "It's like ten at ten at night. Where are we going to go? Mm-hmm. Calcutta shuts pretty early. It's like, there's a coffee shop we have to go to. It's it's about it's about Emdas. So am I meeting him?" But no, you just need to come. So we go and we're in this like sort of coffee bar, stroke bar. And he just meets this regenerary guy. And as we go into like a story in a story, I'm going to start skimming now because I've realized I've done that thing where I've slipped into detail. <laughs> and it's, it's this just suddenly left field story about this kid who was like a student, but he was a bit too poor. So he was a student, but living on the streets, but he was too hungry to really study and he ended up bunking in with this kind of richer kid who just took him under his wing. And that kid sort of was like a worshipper of Kali. Right. I didn't know too much about Kali. I guess I do recognize the statue. Kali is it's one of those things where it's the god of so many things. I don't quite right. sum her up, but he's clearly taken she is the god of destruction, the god of demons. Um, I try to find like a solid review, or not review, but talk on her. Because when I was on Goodreads reviewing this book, some guy was like, yo, I'm Hindu. Obviously, I had to stop reading this book because Kali is like the god of, I don't know, I can't remember, but something positive, like the patron saint of travelers and like she eats demons. Right. Okay, so he's completely missed, I represented yeah. her. But then I found some other site that's like, she, no, she kind of does come from the, the, the death of destruction. She, she is at often depicted with like a skirt of legs and necklace of heads and earrings of baby heads type wow. thing, very gruesome stuff. I believe she is the loose inspiration for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, another right. film that's kind of come out, it's quite problematic in our times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think famously there's a scene where they eat and it's all like live snakes and monkey brains. And people are like, yes. yeah, India is actually like probably the highest percent of vegetarianism. They really worship animals more yeah. than a lot of other countries. What you've done there, you've just like, for, for effect, anyway, there'd be no we think about Indiana Jones as we liked it as a kid, maybe, but it's mm-hmm. the nations of India. Um, so this kid, so anyway, this kid looks up to this rich guy, starts going to this church, and the more and more they get involved, they go to like an initiation cemetery. There, they basically go through, it's sort of super spooky. You get like sort of slimy, dark temples, a lot of shadows with like a huge statue of Kali. Yo, you want to join, get a body and bring it back to us. See you tomorrow. Uh, so the two go on this sort of like, like, hijinks in Calcutta in like the probably the early uh I guess mid-70s at this time trying to get some corpses so what hang on wait why why does this guy who was wanting to get on a plane reluctantly go to a cafe no uh, so he it's like you have to come because of M. Das. because of to, M. Das, who is the poetry because, because of the poet 
Yeah. And yeah, he meets this student and the student is telling the story about he was poor. He joined this, he met this guy. The guy introduced him to the, I don't know, the, the Church of Calais. Right. I, I got deeper and deeper. Now I find, I'm chucked out into the night and I've got 24 hours to find a body. Okay. So they do, and it's pretty gross. One thing, Dan Simmons shows great promising is gruesome, fripping details. Really? Because they go, like, they go to, like, the morgue where they're incinerating bodies and they find out, like, the, the morgue is, like, in the news recently for trouble for, like, doing very, not dodgy, but, like, we can't handle all these bodies, so they're getting rid of them in other ways. Mm-hmm. This, this is for me, like, you know, oh, the problem, that, 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 that early raw writing of, of like, a, of a debut novel. I'm, I'm excited to read his upcoming horrors because okay. of some of these ridiculously good descriptions. Wicked. They get two corpses, bung them in the van, and this, this is where some of these early gruesome descriptions come in. It's like they have to unwrap the bodies, to take them into the temple, and, and the, the main kid who we're following, not the rich kid, who also realises, I'm pretty sure this guy, this rich guy I'm sort of hanging out, knew this was going to happen, and I think I was intended to be his corpse. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, but so they, they, they unwrap these bodies, and his is like clearly been drowned, and just the descriptions of this bloated body are horrifically gruesome. God, and he does right. it a few times in this book. They take it down to this temple. Mystical magic stuff happens, and the bodies start to move. He gets let out nice. into the night and runs away. He's like, screw this. And now he's like, I've been living on the streets. I can't get out. Um, I'm worried they're going to come for me. I don't know what any of this means. Uh, we do get a bit of a backstory to this sort of uh, Kali gang. They were known as like the, the Kalap. I can't, I'm not going to try to pronounce it or say it because I didn't write any notes. Lazy me, apologies, listener. But they basically used to exist and just rob tourists and rob people. They were just a street gang and they were wiped out. Mm-hmm. But instead of being wiped out, it sort of forced them to go underground. Okay, like the Taliban. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, he looks at his watch like Robert in the cafe and he's like, this kid is jittery. And he's like, cool story, bro. Uh, it's midnight. What do you want me to do with that? What's that? It's, Don't you understand? The body was M. Daz, the poet he's been looking for. So he's like, okay, again, cool story. I got to go. I got to sleep. Goes home and realizes I can't do anything with this. I can't put this in a, in a, in a poetry magazine article. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll save it for one day, but they're going to think I'm nuts. So he goes home, and that's when he's like, yo, M. Daz wants to meet you. So, whoa, I got to sleep. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, intermittent days where he gets given the thing he's looking for, and he's like, no, i got to eat, i got to sleep. <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a few um, other things to do first. But. Mm, but he, like, at this point, he's always trying to get his wife out of town. He's like, I've got your flight, go see your parents, and it'll come home and it'll be like, oh, there was storms, the flight was cancelled, there's not another one till another day. And at one point when she's going to go home, he's like, what the F are you doing here? I'm trying to get you out of here. For no real reason, there's no harm on them, but he's just getting, again, the heebie-jeebies are getting worse. And she's like, why are you shunning me? You literally woke up in the middle of the night and said, don't get on the plane, spend another few days with me, then we'll go together. He's like, did I? And she's like, yeah, like it happened like four or five hours ago. Even when like there's scenes where she literally is like, cool, I left her at the airport. Bye. And then it's like, she's back at the hotel. Like, are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) It happens more times than I kind of remember to the point of like, 
Jesus Christ, go, go. But I don't know, like it's happening, it's happening one time too many, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's becoming something other than. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the nice hint of like the gothism and the supernatural. Mm. Like, you know, we've had it many, many times with King before. Like the forces are not allowed him to leave. Mm-hmm. So he goes to meet Emdaz and he's like, basically, this is where we get like, is any of this real? Okay. Like, remember when we talked about Cabin in the Woods and it was yes. a family who were accosted by like a group of people who were like, it's the end of the world. We turn on the news. We make a choice. But it, it sort of came down to like, there are rational explanations mm. or there is belief in the supernatural. And so Emdas is crumbly as hell. But it turns out he had leprosy before he disappeared. So it can kind of explain his appearance. Like that yeah. kid and that story are never really brought up again. Like it, it's something for him to ponder in his mind, but that, that kid just sort of runs off into the night, I believe. And this is where, like, okay, so what's what are you gonna are you gonna listen to these spook stories and are you gonna get spooked out, or are you gonna say, no, leprosy exists in this time and this place? It's a mm-hmm. little rare, but it's not unknown. Uh for him to get it, it when he says he got it, it makes sense that he tried to kill himself and washed up and ended in some sort of colony. And now he's like, he's sort of the description the guy gave. If you say he's slowly rehealing ish, but is like an animated corpse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Emdaz, it's like, here's my poem. I think, sorry, that's, he he read the poem. He he got the poem actually a few days ago and that's what's kind of giving him nightmares. It's the song of Kali. It's very like death and destruction and like pro-Kali, who is mm-hmm. Kali itself in this book is pro-destruction and death. And he's like, this is rubbish. I can't, we can't even print this poem. Like this isn't like his old stuff. Yeah. You know? So he finally meets Emdaz. It's in this darkened room. It's pretty cool. I can imagine, right? For me, this is where I can see it going. Mm-hmm. That his his kid is going to be wanted as a vessel for the spirit of Emdaz. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm coming home for Christmas. I think I can I can hand you off a copy. Yeah. And for our listeners, in about <laughs> in about a year and a half, uh, we'll finish this review. No, I'll finish the review. But you know what? Yeah, yeah. I'll leave the spoilers there. I, it's okay. not really a spoiler that he meets him. Does I think it's building to that for a long time. Yeah. But let's just It'd say be a bit disappointing if he didn't meet. If this is Dan Simmons in his raw youth. And this guy is in Calcutta uh, and just gothic, spooky stuff is going down. There are cults who are, uh, you know, reanim- asking for corpses and arguably reanimating corpses. Mm. He's there with like a young baby and a very smart wife who's probably the best character of the whole thing. And again, I probably I repeat myself, but the, the youth of this writer is, is he going to go dark? Because he mm. can, and he's not thinking of book sales or movie Maybe deals it's, with it's, happy it's, ending. Uh, also, I quite like the idea of the wife being part of the early gangs. Oh, no. No. That's why she never gets out of town, because she's never actually really no, trying to She's almost like the voice of rationale. Right. Uh, she's not necessarily trying to get out of town, because she hasn't been through his experiences, mm. and arguably she's acclimatised to India as a whole. So mm. the stuff that instantly put him off and made him grumpy is, is not casual to her, but expected for her. She yeah, kind of yeah. grew up there. The book, by the end, it will stay, and the events get crazier, but it will stay. Like In the closing passages, you're like, so is it real or not? You choose to believe okay. 
And that's kind of the song of Kali. He, it, it's, it's an odd ending, like it, it stays in India for a while and then it kind of has, has the last, I don't know, 20 pages mm. as like a montage. Like it sort of does a skip time, skip time, skip time. Like it's, it's almost like the, a lot of the sort of climax is in the afterward. Yeah, Not yeah, necessary yeah. for this family. There is a big event for this family here in Calcutta that, that arguably closes the book. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well, I, it's it's kind of out of left field. It's it's seemingly you could argue disattached. Like what the f? Like the equivalency of like there's a I don't know what I'm using this. Like suddenly there's a rabbit Saint Bernard in the in the hotel. Sort of yeah. like what? Where did this come from? Right. And there okay, are yeah. setups for it kind of all along. He's he's like you have to go home and publish this. And he's like no, you guys are not nice. The poem's not good. More importantly, you're sort of threatening me. He does get hold of a gun at some point. Uh, so if we if we apply Chekhov's law of the gun, though it's not, it, it doesn't come like action shootout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is well, a scene definitely... where he has to run off into the night via jumping into like uh, an open sewer. When I talked about the gruesome depictions of like disgust and grossness, all this scene is like, this is now a book that will stick with me, if not for the plot, the characters, just this, what's a book that has grossed you out? Yeah, the other one okay. is probably The Shining, where yeah. the lady gets out of the bathtub, we've talked about before. And there is one which is by, I forget who it was by, Nick Troop, Nick Cutter. Right. Just a very simple, fun story about a bunch of Boy Scouts on a small island, and there's like an infectious worm that gets into you, and it makes you so hungry you can't stop eating. You will pull your hair out and eat your hair, and there's a description of someone watching like a videotape of scientists experimenting with this worm with like a gorilla, and there's just descriptions of what this gorilla, like you can't stop eating. You'll literally bite your fingers off. If you're like, there's wow. a kid who's like trapped in a cupboard and he rips the handle off and just gnaws on a cupboard handle. Uh, but this is now at least stuff that automatically comes to mind, like the third mm. book in my life where if someone goes, not necessarily the horror, but what's something that's just gross. Yeah, that flips your stomach. Uh-huh. Like this, this scene of him wading waist high to neck high open sewage pipe in India. Yeah. Always nice. good. It's it just, it's that thing of like, I'm excited to read his further books. They're not all, that they do go more sci-fi. I have his follow-up called Carrying Comfort and I'm super excited. Toby, I'm going to say, I, I don't know, I say get involved. It's a bit of a beast. Mm-hmm. What's it's it called? Carrying Comfort. Carry and Comfort. Like carry on. Like, yeah, like a corpse. I guess it's a carry, like a carry on bird, a corpse eating bird. I'll send you a link. I say we get on it. It's, uh, I don't know, I'm super excited. It get, it's, it's got, like everyone says regarding Song of Carly, some people really like it, some people hate it for obvious reasons, but everyone's mm-hmm. like, uh, outside of the xenophobia, uh, it's a good start. It's a promising start. Saying nice. that, some people are like, I'll never read another Dan Simmons book as for result. <laughs> but how many has he got? Do you know? Art loads. Yeah, he's he's quite prolific. Here's something I thought you'd like or dislike. This might go. Well, I'm not reading Carry and Comfort. When his wife is telling him the spooky story about her childhood, he says, "I can't even get her to like, entertain reading one of those trashy Stephen King beach read books." 
<laughs> so why is she that, that as an example of how straight-headed she is and how she doesn't like like yeah. she does she doesn't even entertain the suit it's not that she doesn't like it she doesn't entertain it that's fine i feel like it's a cheeky little gag like you know i it's his first book maybe you didn't know if it was be published or what but it was just a nice play uh i feel like you've done something similar in a short you sent me once but it was like, oh, you think you know horror, Mr. King? You think you know horror, Mr. Poe? Like, a, just a cheeky yeah. little play on your peers. Yeah. Here's what's odd. The reviewers kind of get on board. And I don't think it's that playful. Where is it? Uh, Dan Simmons understands terror and what it does to readers. Where Stephen King flinches, Simmons doesn't. Well, I see I'm a little dick of King. Does King flinch? Mm-hmm. And this was like an 85 book. So for me, he was sort of in the prime of writing, knocking out great novels. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought you'd like that. I, I, I mm. do like how he digs into him as a joke, but I don't know why this... I'm sure I read another review somewhere which brings him up. And I wonder if that's that little bit stuck in their mind and they were like, yeah, yeah, King yeah. is trashy. This is, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just spiked out as like, really? Um And Could that was... Uh, I don't know who that was written by, actually. But he, he seems pretty well received by his peers, if not from this book, from just a future writer. Right, let's try this this, this roulette uh, thing. Pick a number between 1 and 50, Scott, and I'll oh, give you a question. Let's go with 50. No one ever picks number, the last number. Number 50 mm. falls under the category of romance. What songs did you think of while reading this book? Oh, uh, I only know two songs that are like traditionally Indian. I yeah. don't think they're very difficult of the time. I do not know the name of either of these songs. They're, you know what? The, the book itself didn't even set the soundtrack for me. It was just, this book set in India. I know two Indian songs. It was just like, it was a very simple thing for me. Mm-hmm. One is the soundtrack for a movie. It's like a song from a movie called like Mahuba Mahuba. It's great. I'll, I'll put it in our links if I can find it. Yeah. And the other one is like a rock and roll song. If you've ever seen the movie Ghost World, it starts off with this very cool, I don't know, like an Indian Elvis-inspired Shante Shante. Again, I don't know who it's by or what it is. It's just super catchy and super fun. Neither of them set the tone for this book. I guess if there was a tone to the book, it would just be like movie soundtrack, like sort of dark toming. Yeah. Um, Give give me another number. Uh, What's one? Let's do the two extremes. <laughs> what is the significance of the title? Did you find it meaningful? Why or why not? It's pretty self-explanatory. Oh, well, yeah. But that, the song of Kali, obviously he writes a poem called Kali. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, there's a nice wrap up of the book where it's like, it's just more subtle than he would have thought. And it's like, oh God, it's already out there. Like he has to stop himself doing something because it's like, this is what they want me to do. Mm. I'd argue it's almost an anti-climax. It's, uh, to try and use an example, uh, I guess this is spoilers for American gods, <laughs> but you know, in the end of American gods, it's building up to this war of the gods. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. like it's, it's like the reverse. The best thing to do is to not have the war. Mm-hmm. There's a nice touch on this book where it's like, he has to like, it, does he realize what the song is and that it's been singing to him maybe this whole time like that? Yeah. Have, have you been under its enthrall? And is it the thing that you're doing 
to try and like stop and counteract the song is actually what exactly. the song is. I hope that yeah, was too much exactly. of a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> we'll go for one more question. You give uh, me a random number. Number 25. We've done the top ends, we'll do the middle. <laughs> um, were the characters clearly drawn and depicted? They were. Even the baby was, it was like a really pleasant baby. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I, I don't know if you had that with your young one, but you know, some mm. people are like, no, it's a good baby. Yeah. And I always get the sense from that, that they're hanging out in mother, in other young parent groups, and they don't know what it means to not have the good baby firsthand, but they're kind of saying, thank God my baby doesn't do all these other mother's babies do. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank God it's not that. that fussy. She does, mm-hmm. she, she does obviously, or he does, the baby does wake up and want feeding, but it's not like the sense I always get is that she doesn't scream the house down for eight hours exactly in the middle of the night. Yeah. I can put clothes on her, I can wake her up, I can feed her. She's still a baby, she does fuss, but it's a good baby. This is mm-hmm. that baby. It just does yeah, all the right, right okay, things. Yeah. It's never in the way, it's always pleasant. It's never do you, do you feel like you're attached to you grew attached to all the characters you were meant to grow attached to so that when the, the, the stuff that happens, yeah, you, really, yeah. Uh, it, it, it does a good enough job with the main staple family mm-hmm. um, I guess it, it does paint everyone as a vivid character but like I said earlier pretty much everyone they meet is not nice it's mm. a bit dark it's just quite grimy it's physically grimy or like you know just a shady character and yeah. uh, what are they, undesirable mm-hmm. which is probably does not help the whole xenophobia statement mm. you could have had a couple of characters in who just were like you know what i mean like flatline like they're not good or bad like it's just everyone has to be something to him i think i think the fact that what's nice and what i like about what you said is that um you've got this central character that's gone to this alien world mm-hmm. and he's experiencing it firsthand and we're experiencing it through his eyes that are based around like you say a well-to-do England, mm-hmm. English countryside, high tie, high tea, um, and whatever you want on hand with servants and all that sort of thing. So it's, it's definitely much a fish out of water. Um, mm. So you're getting a a almost an untainted view of a tainted environment, mm. um, and then you have like you you pointed out this this one moment which almost goes against everything that you're saying that people are saying it's xenophobic and all of this. It's it's just a person's perspective on an environment that's alien to him because you have this this story of like somebody saying is this reflective of calcutta well actually this was about london in the 1940s mm-hmm. and you're like oh that's good now, if it didn't have that you could just say it is just mm. painting a country in a really bad light but it's actually it's got this flagpole saying well hang on a minute give it a chance and it might get better so um, you would recommend this then as a jumping on point for Dan Sims? I think so, yeah. it's it, If you can get over the certain issues that other people have, and if you can't put it down, maybe move on. I can't speak for his other work to say, you know what, it gets better. He's yeah. won a lot of awards. He's still going. I, I, some of the concepts of his future books have super excited me. I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to read the next one. Like I said, I've got Hyper on somewhere. I'll read it one day. And I'm definitely going to read Carry on Comfort just because of the little I know of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like, like we've talked about King a lot of times. I just love his, 
younger writing for me it has a lot yeah, yeah. you can argue that the writing isn't as good as it is now sure but the, there's something about it that punk feel just he just does not pull his punches yeah that just appeals to me what yeah, do you think of song of carly if you've read it at home racist trash yeah. or eh, it's not so bad or just misunderstood or it's just mm-hmm. cheap horror it's nothing mm-hmm. to get too upset about either way probably let us know in the though, comments let us know in the comments toby always a pleasure Mm, same. Till next time. Bye. Hey, we're going to wrap it up around there. I want to thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed. Join us again next episode. And until then, support your local bookstores and have a great day. In lieu of copyright issues and getting to play any of those songs I was talking about, here's little Toby to play us out instead. <laughs>